Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. So our scripture lesson this morning comes from Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. So if you'll take out your Bible or the Pew Bible in front of you, or if you prefer the Bible app on your phone, whichever it is, turn with me in there to chapter 15, verses 35 and following. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what, with what kind of body do they come? Fool. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And as for what you sow, you do not sow the body that is to be, but a bare seed, perhaps of wheat or grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a physical body, it is raised a spiritual body. And if there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last man, Adam, became a, living, a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the physical and then the spiritual. The first man was from earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so are those who are of the dust. As is the man of heaven, so are those of heaven. Just as we have been born the image of the man of dust, we also bear the image of the man of heaven. What I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. My friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious Lord, as we gather this morning and as we hear your word read and proclaimed, open our ears that we would clearly hear your voice. Open our eyes that we would clearly see images of you around us. Open our souls that we would know the presence of your Spirit. But transform our lives, O Lord, so that we would leave this place having seen you, having felt your presence, having heard your word, not simply as doers of those words, but as lifelong disciples, following those words with a greater purpose. This, O Lord, is our prayer this morning. May you bless it. Amen. So in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is in this conversation with the disciples. You remember this, they started it out where they're asking him, Lord, who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Is it going to be I or John or one of the others? And Jesus says, truly I tell you, Unless you change and become like little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, there are three things that Jesus is doing in this exchange. The first is he is rebuking the disciples for even fathoming the idea that one of them 
might be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, for even asking that sense of a question. But the second thing is he is admonishing them about their faith, admonishing them to be humble about their position and their sense of self-importance. And finally, he goes a step further and encourages them to teach the children of the world about the faith. If you remember that time, children were sort of non-beings, second-class citizens, if you will, not until they became adults that they have value. So they were always pushed to the edges of society, never down front to be celebrated. But one of the things that we know about children, one of the things that I love about them is their inquisitive nature. They're always wanting to learn. They're sponges, if you will, soaking up everything that we say, all of our actions, all the way down to our mannerisms. See, they want to understand the life that they see. They want to see what's going on around them. And that's part of why their favorite question is why? Like, why is the sky blue? Why does a dog have a tail? Why does mom groan every time Brent Campbell calls and says school is called off? They want to know. They're so inquisitive. They want to know in order to learn, to understand, in order to grow. Subconsciously, they're wanting all of this because they know they want to be better people. So in Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, that which I just read, he's writing to a church in its infancy. They are trying to understand this faith that's being instructed to them. They're trying to take Jesus at his words, this idea of resurrection. And so they begin to approach it with this idea of children wanting to ask all the whys. And so the course of the passage, if we had wound the clock back a little bit earlier, they really had asked Paul, like, this was the question that we're getting to. We don't understand death and resurrection. When we're raised from the dead, what are we going to look like? What kind of body will I have? Will we look like this? Or will I get to look like I did in my 20s? Or will I get to choose the image of me that I think is best? Paul, what will our bodies look like when we get to the other side? Now remember, this church is being founded in around 50 AD. The whole Greco-Roman world, which was surrounding Corinth, was very body conscious. So all the statues showed all of the muscles because when you were chiseled and, and, and cut and everything else, there was this power to it. There was vitality, there was strength. So they were very body conscious. And so Paul is writing to change their image, to get them not focused on the wrapper, but on the content of their hearts, their very being of their souls, that which is eternal, that which doesn't fade. See, Paul's instruction to them is about believing in heaven. He talks about that there's a spiritual body. And remember, Paul is writing all of this with a sense of faith himself because Paul hasn't seen the other side either. But his heart is telling him this. God's Spirit is pouring this in him. And what he's writing to Corinth is he's saying, look, folks, you need to focus on the inside. Strengthen your spiritual bodies. Be better people. 
practice humility, practice grace, practice servanthood. Those are the things that strengthen the spiritual body. And when you do that, you begin to get a glimpse of what heaven will look like, of what your body in heaven will be like. So as he writes them about this, he's writing and he uses this agrarian term, sown, talking about sowing seeds, because they understand it, because when you plant a seed, it dies in order for the flower or the tree or the crop to emerge and to bloom. I'm thinking about it with me, just this month, we're starting to see already signs of this. You know, the, the, the hot, the cold, the warm, the cold, all this. The daffodils don't know what to do. If you looked at a daffodil bulb, would you expect that to come out of it? But that's the beauty. The bulb dies so that the flower blooms. What Paul's writing is for us to receive this imperishability, this resurrection, we must die to ourselves, our self-centeredness, our all about meanness. Instead, we've got to have a humility to the world, a humility to God, a humility to each other, a humility to our surroundings. This is really goes counter to our competitive no-fail nature. I mean, some of the hardest phrases for us as humans to utter phrases like this, not my will, O Lord, but yours be done. Or how about, oh no, I'll wait, you first. Or maybe even, I don't know all the answers. Let's figure them out together. See, when we utter those phrases, when we really are intent on uttering them and living into them to the fullest, we have this abject honesty with ourselves that those are the phrases we want to live by, then our selfishness dies. Our self-centeredness goes by the wayside and a new us is born. An us that becomes kingdom worthy. That's what Paul is writing to Corinth encourages them to think about life and how they could humble themselves in the world around them. So the question I want you to think about is think about your week ahead with me. Think about what you're going to be faced. Where this week can you plant seeds of humility? Hold on to that thought. We'll come back to it. So as I think about this idea of seeds of humility, I think about sort of driving around the road and, and thinking about just how we're a busy society. Remember, I was sitting at the stoplight a couple of weeks ago, I saw a bumper sticker and I loved it. It said, please be patient. The whole world is trying its best. I mean, if there was ever an anthem for a year, a month, a week, a day in this season for the last couple of years, it was that, right? Please be patient. The whole world is trying its best. I mean, but our human nature is, is that we want things our way and we want them our way now, right? We want to be treated as number one. We want to, our expectations should be the expectations of the world and we should be served, right? But even the most customer-friendly companies, they're struggling right now. They're having to deal with a whole round of new protocols with supply chain constrictions, with worker shortages. And so some days, even their best is far from stellar. And that's just in the world of commerce. 
But let's turn the lens onto the human realm. I mean, think about it. We're all trying our best, but many of us, our lives have been turned upside down. And we are, even the most type A of us, are discombobulated and sometimes a bit harried and disorganized beyond what we feel comfortable with. We're trying our best, but we're out of practice and even simple things. I mean, there's a simple awkwardness right now. Like for example, one of my favorite times in worship is when, we, when you all come out of church after the benediction, after the final voluntary from the choir and everything else and get to greet you and say, I hope you have a wonderful week, but there's this awkwardness now, right? I mean, are we shaking hands? Are we hugging? Are we elbow? Do we just wave? Uh, is there a hug involved? And we don't know what to do. But we're trying our best, right? We're trying to refigure out all those social customs that we used to take for granted. What do we do now? We're trying our best. But even we're overwhelmed. Some of us are overwhelmed by a multitude of things that the rest of us know nothing about. What folks bring to the table when they come in a room, when they come into a meeting, when they come into your home. It's a whole slew of things that you may not even be aware of, and they're doing their best to hold it together. But since we're all trying our best, what if we tried this for once? What if in this season we began a regular practice of grace with each other? Figuring out what to do in that awkward moment, and if it just starts out as a handshake to a fist bump to an elbow thing, and as long as we don't poke an eye out, what if we just have grace with each other? Whether it's, undes whether it's deserved or unearned. What if we had understanding and forgiveness and gave each other assistance in those awkward and difficult moments that we're all dealing with? So remember your homework. Where can you sow seeds of humility? Add this to the list. Where this week... Can you sow seeds of grace in the world around you? At work, at home, at school, out in the community. Where can you sow seeds of grace? And as we think about sowing seeds of grace and seeds of humility, we need to remember that everything that we have in life, all of our possessions, all of our money, all of our skills, all of our talents, they are gifts from God. Even life itself is a gift from the one who loves us most. And we are called to be good stewards of those gifts. So the very definition of a steward is one who manages the property of another. And folks, when we look around our lives, everything that we have comes from God. It's not ours. We have been given it. And so we're called to be stewards. The very way we live our lives shows how we are managing the affairs of God. How we use our lives is also indicative of how we want to build the kingdom in the world around us. Think of the vast possibilities, the amazing transformation that can happen if we are good stewards of all those gifts. If we use best practices with the blessings of God. See, when we serve God, when we serve each other, when we serve the Lord, uh, the world, we are maximizing those gifts. 
We are the best stewards. And so we begin to sow seeds of servanthood, serving each other and God and the world around us, then we are making a difference. So when we think about sowing seeds of grace, seeds of humility, we need to also think about sowing seeds of servanthood, seeds of stewardship. So think about this week. Think about the blessings God has given you. How can you sow those seeds to make a difference? To grow a beautiful bouquet of flowers, if you will, to brighten the world around you. See, Paul, when he was writing to that church in Corinth, he's also writing it to us. And while they were in their infancy, they were trying to figure out what the resurrection meant and what their heavenly bodies would look like. But you know, those questions are really not too far from any of our minds. We still wonder what it will be like on the other side. We still wonder what we will look like. Paul encouraged the church to leave the literal behind and adopt the spiritual. To think about our souls as spiritual bodies. If we want to see glimpses of what that might look like, it's how we sow the seeds that God has given to us. How we practice humility, grace, and stewardship with each other and the world around us. So I want us to pray this prayer together. I'll prompt you line by line. And I want you to repeat after me. And let this be our prayer for the week to come. Dear Lord, let me practice humility. Let me sow grace. Use me to build your kingdom. Amen. Friends, let that be our prayer this week. And if we pray it with an earnestness of our heart and the fullness of spirit, we will see glimpses of what heaven will be like, even what our bodies will be like in heaven. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings.